Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. A very warm welcome to you this Wednesday. In today's message, Bishop Dag will teach you the importance of being a sheep and understanding that there is an art to relating with the pastor that God has given you well. Bishop Dag will use Jesus Christ, otherwise known as the Good Shepherd, as the best example of a pastor who we must be able to relate to, and he will also teach you how to better relate with any spiritual guide that God sends your way. After listening, you will discover how not nurturing a relationship with your pastor can lead to missing out on the blessings that God has just for you. Lift your hands, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. We pray for the spirit of humility, the spirit of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of you and of your word. Open our hearts, Lord, as we come before your word. Let us not be the same or leave this place the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And you want to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Um, We want to read verse number 4. And then we will read 1 Peter. We are studying how to relate to your pastor. Is that not so? How you can relate with your pastor in such a way that you will receive everything that God has for you. Amen. I'm sharing this very important message because um, of certain things that naturally, they they are not malicious in intent, but they are real and natural. There are things that creep in to the church and gradually we lose the great blessings that God has for us, his people, through his pastor or his pastors. So, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 4, very quickly. When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Amen. Are you there? Yes. All right. Um, first Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Is it okay? I should use it. Okay. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For you were as sheep going astray. Hallelujah. But are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. You've returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Increase the treble. Yeah, better. Hallelujah. Now let's quickly turn to John chapter 10. John 10. Shepherd. Jesus is described as a shepherd. All right. And so we need to know how to relate with our shepherd or our pastor. And I've decided to use Jesus as a good example of someone who was a pastor and how to relate with him. Amen. John chapter 10 verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known of mine. Amen. Amen. Jesus is saying right here that he is the good shepherd and he is he knows his sheep and he is known by his sheep. So Jesus is the shepherd And we are the sheep. We are not snakes. We are not lizards. We are not antelopes. We are sheep. And let's behave like sheep. Because a shepherd cannot look after snakes or lizards or frogs. Have you ever seen a man walking on a road with 17 snakes following him tamely? No. When you don't have the spirit and the ability to follow gently, patiently, then you don't have a sheep spirit. You have some other spirit. And you cannot be looked after by the Lord Jesus 
or by his under shepherds because they are trained and prepared as shepherds. Jesus described himself as the chief shepherd and we are the under shepherds. There are pastors who are under shepherds. And so church church members must behave like sheep. Are you listening to me? Church members must behave like sheep. If you are a Christian, you must behave like a sheep. You must have a pastor. You must learn to follow, learn to flow, learn to relate properly. Otherwise, you will have the experience of uh, being near something good and not benefiting from it. Amen. Amen. Judas Iscariot was not someone far off. He was the treasurer. Uh, the accountant, the chief accountant, chartered accountant, the money counter. And in our church, the, the um, person who counts money and handles money is a trusted person. We don't just let anybody handle those things. And the same goes for any government or any organization. You know, that is why often the treasurers are women. You know, when you go to Legon or Tech and they are having SRC elections, the treasurer is usually a woman campaigning to be a treasurer because people feel that women don't steal money as much as men. Is that not the case? If they take something small to pen their hair, but not a major, <laughs> not anything major. Hallelujah. All right. So. You always have somebody you trust to count your money or to handle your money. So Judas was one of the most trusted of Jesus' disciples. Perhaps the most trusted. Perhaps he was supposed to be the Peter. You know, because Peter's appointment came way down in Matthew 16. You know, he was halfway through life and the ministry when he appointed Peter. So Peter's appointment and John's position as a beloved person and all that, they were things that came up later. You know, so Jesus looking at the 12 said, man, this is, I mean, I think he's, he's, he's the main person I must trust and put everything in charge, you know, put him in charge of everything. Let him count the money, handle everything, pay all our bills, look after us, pay our salaries. Man, we, we, with Judas, we are safe. But today, rarely will somebody give birth to a child and call his child Judas. I have not seen anybody giving birth to a child. I've never attended an outdooring where the child is called Judas. Have you been to an outdooring where the child was called Judas? No. Because what Judas did was so obnoxious to the whole world that we, we avoid even the very mention of that name. So I am saying that you can be near something good, someone anointed, and you will still go to hell. You will still go to hell. So that is the mistake that I am trying to prevent you from making. Because it's very easy. It's very, very easy to do that. So, how to relate with your pastor? Ten or more steps. Number one is what? Step number one is what? Learn to receive whether you are near or whether you are far. Learn to receive when you are near and learn to receive when you are far. Depending on whichever, which circumstance you find yourself in, you must know how to receive. There are some people I am close to there are some men of God who have been pastors to me, have been senior to me. I am close to them. Physically, I know them. I can bring them. I can go to their house. I can talk with them. I can chat with them. I can eat with them. But there are people who have also been pastors to me, as it were, senior to me, that I am not near or close to them. But I have been able to receive from both these groups. I cannot go over all that. Second point. Learn to receive from afar. Third point. Prevent yourself from committing the sin of familiarity. What are the signs of familiarity? Number one. Don't come into church every Sunday. Number two. Yawning. Yawning in church. Number three. Do you think if Benny Hinn came to preach, anybody will yawn? I mean, here, in, in not his church, in this church. Supposing that I was Benny Hinn, this was point. Every, everybody will be sitting up. Why? Because you, you are not familiar with him. He's a special new person who's come. So everybody, but when you, somebody who you are familiar with, he starts talking, oh, here we go again. You know, it's like we are going to start on a long something. 
and then you start yawning. So it's a sign of familiarity. So check your anytime you find yourself yawning during the preaching, say, Hey, it seems the familiarity has caught up with me. Number three. Not uh, sitting perpetually sitting at the back. People have made the back their home. How can you make the back your home? Any as the pers- those in the back row, the back rows from the up there back there. Ask the next person to is this your permanent place in the church? <laughs> if I, I want to use the example of Benny Hinn again, if Benny Hinn came here, do you think people would not be rushing to sit near the front? You think people will say, Oh, me, I just want to be at the back, I just want to be anywhere, you know, outside, it's okay. There are people who come to church and are okay with outside, it's because you are familiar. I'm, I'm showing you that the skin of familiarity has, has gripped you without you knowing it. Number, next one. Not buying tapes, not buying books, not reading the books, not listening to the tapes. Is that not so? When Reverend Amwaku died, his, his books, uh, his, I say his books, his tapes sold in large numbers. Yeah. When he died, his book because... They were, his, they, were, they were now a precious commodity. At first it was like, he's always around. He's here. But the day that he died, you should have seen them selling the tapes. Everybody wanted, if I'm to die now, I see people rushing to buy the books and the tapes. They, so they get out of us. Because I won't preach anymore. It's finished. So it will be now precious. So let's get one before it's finished. But when it's finished, it's finished. So, don't, you see, these things are signs of familiarity. And that's why sometimes we encourage you, buy the tapes, spend money on the books. Oh, what, what, what is he preaching about? We know all those, those things that he's preaching about. Next one. Not attending miracle services. And then, what else? Discussing the background. Next one. Discussing relatives. Background. Next one. Criticizing. Next one. Magnifying faults. Next one. Giving marks. How do you give marks to a pastor? I'll give him 80%. I'll give him 60. I'll give him 40. All right? So forget about the person's background and all that. What's the next uh, step to receiving from your pastor, relating to your pastor? Become a son or a daughter. Amen. What's the next one? That's all. All right. The next. Um, Step to relating with your pastor is receive him, receive him in the right way. Receive him in the right way. All right? Or another way of putting it is you could say, see him in the right way. Okay? See him in the right way. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 5. And we are going through this because I believe it's very important. First Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, we want to read um, verse number 12 and 13. All right. Are you there? First Thess- Thessalonians on page 1256. Sorry. Have you found it? What page is it? Page 100. So check either page 100 or page 1256. You'll find First Thessalonians. Have you found it? Some don't know where Thessalonians is. James! You don't know where Thessalonians is. Hurry up. I'm waiting for you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Amen. It says, we beseech you. Paul was writing to the Christians and the church in Thessalonica. And he said to them, we beseech you to know those which are laboring or are working in the house of the Lord. And are over you in the Lord, not over you at your workplace. Because somebody can be over you in your work, over you in school, 
over you in politics, over you in soccer. But here it says, over you in the Lord. Are you there? Are you there? Now, you may be over the person in age, but he may be over you in the Lord. You get it? Jesus was only 33 years old when he was ministering, when he was killed. So there were, there were, there were many, many people who were older than him in, in life. But he was over them in spirit. Amen. See, the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So you can be poor physically, but in spirit you can also be poor. In a certain sense. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So what you must understand is that you can have somebody over you in the Lord. And you have somebody over you in the Lord. And in countries which are rebellious, you find it difficult to minister because they don't want to have anybody over them. In countries which are very democratic, countries where they are used to, ex- used to expressing their opinions about everything, where they are used to debating everything, arguing everything, and where they don't see why anybody should be over them, you sometimes find it difficult to enjoy spiritual things because everybody is, as it were, a somebody who knows everything. And that is a very difficult environment. Recently, I was asking the Lord. I was comparing two of my branches. And I was asking the Lord, why is it that I prefer to minister in this branch than in that branch? Not that I prefer, but I feel even more at home in this place rather than in the other place. And I was asking the Lord, why? I mean, because there are very nice people there. I have very good friends, close people in both places. Both places are quite similar. But what is it that is different in this place? Why is this one different? Why is this one, you know, not like the other one? There's something I, can't, I couldn't just place my hand on it. And the Lord told me straight away, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, it's pride. In that place, there are people who are more aware of who they are, what they have achieved, what they are in life. In another place, people are not, the other place, there are people who are also doing things and going ahead, but they are not so aware and conscious of the fact that I have made it. I have a a, a passport, I have a this, I have a that, I have a that. So it is easier to minister where people are less proud or less conscious of all their achievements in quotes. Far easier. In fact, I I remember I was discussing it and I, I said, look, why would I be surprised when somebody comes for a meeting. Because in that other church, I realized that, look, if such and such and such people came to there, I would be surprised. Oh, do you see, even so-and-so has come for the meeting. And I thought to myself, why should I be surprised that my sheep has come for a meeting where I'm going to preach at? So that alone shows you that it's a little different. And I want you to know that once there is pride in, the, in your life, in the church, you cannot receive. Bible says God resists the proud. So the Bible says that there will be some people who will be over you, over you, over you. It means you'll be under them. You'll be under them. It's a reality. It's communism that tries to make everybody the same. And everybody is not the same. No matter how hard you try to make everybody the same, you will never, never succeed. That is probably what they try to do with our educational system. And that's why we have the worst educational system that we've ever had in this country as far as I am concerned. And my human rights tell me that I'm entitled to at least one opinion. And I think that our educational system is the worst that it has ever been in this world. Sometimes when I listen to some people speaking on the uh, television, these university students, I wonder, I ask, are these university students, is that English language? Because many of them do A-level Akan, A-level Ewe, and A-level Islamic studies to get admission to law school and they can't speak even English and they are lawyers. What are we talking about? <laughs> Trying to make everybody all schools wear the same uniform. That's what, that's what we have now. Everybody wears so that it's like everybody's. That thing is from Cuba. In Cuba, they all wear the same uniform. Has it made us all the same? Is Wesley Girls still not one of the best schools? Is Ashimota School still not one of the best schools? 
Achimota the best. Please don't shoot me down. Just when you get the chance, say that your school is the best. And I also say that mine is the best. And then it's fair, all right? And by you have the microphone and you are saying yours all the time. All right. So anyway, so we are not all the same. There will be some people, somebody that God will place over you in the Lord. Now the Bible says in verse 12 and 13, it says to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace amongst yourself. God is saying that when somebody is over you in the Lord, you must esteem the person highly. In other words, think of the person and see the person genuinely in a high or elevated situation relative to yourself. Highly. Amen. And when you genuinely see somebody up there, right, you are well positioned to receive because the blessings come from up to down. But when you don't see the person highly, you see the person equally. Now when you see the person equally, when the blessings are going, they will fall down before they get to you. But if you are down below, the blessings will just fall into your mouth and you receive them. That's pride. So you must see people highly. Now in Ghana, we, we, don't, we don't want to let people know our real feelings. So we often pretend about a lot of things. People will pretend to their children until they die. And then when they die, their will will say something and everybody will be surprised. So what? Now, people don't want to say the truth. People don't want to let others know what they really think. So in our culture, we don't say anything about anything. All right? And, And so it is even in politics. Every political party has members. And I dare any political party to go into any area, they will find people hailing them. But when it comes to the elections, you will see how people will vote. Yeah. There are places where they vote. Everybody in the town votes for one party. Not even one person is left to vote for another. But if that party goes to that place to do campaign, they will get people coming to the rally. So we don't like to show so in the church, this thing comes over into the church. And you have people being very hypocritical in their relation to the pastor. Sometimes people want to hold your Bible. Come and hold my Bible for me. Hold my Bible. Do, as this man holds my Bible, what has he done for me? Whenever people want to hold my Bible, I tell them, the fact that you're holding your, my Bible doesn't mean you are humble. And it's standard. Most of our pastors in our branches and so when you try to hold their Bibles, they will tell the person who is holding the Bible, it doesn't mean you are humble though, but you can carry it, but it doesn't mean you are humble. And it's a fact. Do you think I cannot carry this Bible myself? Why do you want to carry, why do you want to carry my Bible? <laughs> Give me my Bible. <laughs> and, and we have false pretending humility. Pretentious way of behaving. And we do it in politics. We do it in the church. Oh, Bishop, you are welcome. When you preach, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Oh, Mali. All our lies. Let us be genuine. And God is saying that when you esteem a person highly, esteem him highly, genuinely. Be at peace amongst yourselves. It must be genuine. It must not be something you are being forced to do. Or something you feel you must do. Be yourself. Be normal. Be real. If you are blessed, say you are blessed. If you really appreciate, you are free to say. I'm not saying don't say nice things. But I'm saying let's be sure that what you are saying is real. Do you think everybody in NBC supports Rawlings? You wait and see. When there is a change in power, you will see some of the people there who are playing certain tunes today, who will start up saying, oh, you know, this man, we couldn't control him, you know, that is why we didn't agree with all the things he was saying, blah, 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 blah. You watch and see, mark my word somewhere. You see the hypocrites coming out. And you see people saying things they don't believe, just for their own survival. They are licking bottoms and, and 
doing things which they shouldn't do just to impress and to make sure that they have their job and they get their percentage and they get their money and they get their position that is a hypocritical society it's a hypocritical society that makes us makes us not pay the people we are who are working properly i was reading one of the newspapers and they were showing the salaries of of the different presidents a president of england earns fourteen fifteen thousand dollars a month the president of south africa earns ten thousand and ghanaian president earns four hundred and fifty dollars a month if the president earns four hundred and fifty dollars how much should the head district chief executive earn now when they end that and then they build houses of course people would like to put them on a stake and crucify them because where did they get the money even our president he has to explain how he's able to build a house if he has a house and how does he pay his school fees children's school fees it's all hypocrisy so we force people to lie we force people to pretend we force people to cheat we force people to pretend everything is not true nothing is real yeah nothing is real. the salary is not real it's not realistic it is not true you are paying the pre customs man small he has to lie he has to bribe one, one person came to his pastor and told him pastor i have to tell you that i have been collecting the bribe i have to be honest forgive me i have to tell you if i don't i can't serve. i don't know how to pay my school fees i don't know how to do this i don't know how. i have to inform you forgive me now i want you to know that this is what i'm doing please forgive me he's, he's trying to be honest the thing worries him but also when you look at it wouldn't you say that when you when if the president is paid how much is the minister of state paid it's all hypocrisy hypocrisy so that is why we don't like anybody to prosper because we have set an unreal standard which is not realistic and so what i'm saying that that hypocrisy runs through the fabric of the society it runs through the church you have choristers you talk to them if i stand and ask how many of you will pay your first and best everybody will raise how many will really pay you will find them not paying how many will come to church you say uh, we will all come but in reality they will not come let us be real i said let us be real that is why we have a polygamous society a man can have a wife and the wife would think that that is his wife the wife would think that that is her husband it is when he dies that you will see other children arriving and other wives and you'll be surprised and people can live perfect pretentious lives all through their years it is upon them they will never like you to know they would like oh yeah the, 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 whatever it is those oh no worry oh you are my sweetheart oh, no, oh don't, don't mind let's go and then in reality there is somebody else and people get the shock so this type of pretend and we are all like that we've got to get it out let's be gentle you see as i'm telling you to esteem your pastor i am also trying to at the same time kill pretending let's be genuine genuine real if you believe in the thing you are entitled to believe in it but let it be real let it not be something that you are pretending forcing to say amen so you must see your pastor in the right way you must esteem him highly all right now in esteeming the person you must not see him as a human being per se paul said i don't know anybody after the flesh as long if i'm your pastor if you see me in the wrong way i'm telling you you'll never be blessed you'll never be blessed if you don't see me spiritually you you can't receive from me because everything i say you'll see it through your eyes if for instance you see me as a man when i preach about marriage and you are a woman you won't be blessed because you say you see the man because he's a man he's saying this submit do this that that you see the man is a man we want a woman to preach about marriage so that we will hear the other side the other side can i have some volume on this for my last warning otherwise i change my mic so when you see me as a man 
When I start to talk to you, you will say, it's because you are a man. It's because you are this. If you see me as a gun, when I start to talk with you, you start to say, uh-huh, it's because he's a gun man. That is why he's saying this and that and that. If you see me as your classmate, you receive a classmate's blessing. And a classmate can do nothing for you. No classmate can do anything. He's your classmate. We are all the same. He's your classmate. You can't receive from a classmate. Classmate is nothing. Classmates, we are all classmates. All this classmate. If you see him as your classmate, there's nothing to receive. If you receive me as Dagito, you get Dagito blessings. No, how you see is how you receive. Have you forgotten in Matthew chapter 16? Turn with me quickly. Matthew chapter 16, verse 14. And they said, well, verse 13. And when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. And they said, Some say, Thou art John the Baptist. Some say, Elias. Others, Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? My sheep. My real members. Whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that how you see a person determines how you receive from him. The disciples saw Christ as Christ, which is what he was. But some said, man, he's an anointed man. Some said, man, this guy is called. That's Jeremiah. That's Elijah. That is a man of God. That's a prophet. But who was he really? He was the son of God. He was Christ, the savior. There are very few classmates of mine in the church. Because, you see, you can't easily receive from your classmate. (laughs) Because you see him as a classmate. I've struggled in school. When I was in medical school, I was struggling with everybody. When we are having exams, I'll be struggling with everybody. I'll be failing some, passing some, crying, depressed, afraid. I've been through so many things. In the medical school, it's not just a thing you, every year you go and write an essay and come out. No, 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 no. It's a different thing. We are dealing with human beings. All through, I was with them. So for them to be in a church, for me to minister to them, when they have have been through with me, they've seen me down, they've seen me up, they've seen me on the floor, they are more likely to see me as a classmate. My lecturers, grown-up, people who are older than me, not many would easily be in the church because they will more see that, oh, this is Azobile. (laughs) My father was called Azozo, so this is Azobi. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And people seem to say, I knew your father. I know your father. You ah, you are just like your father. I knew your father. Yeah, it's true. So I am to them my father's son. And that's, that's all. If you are in the church, you must not see me as your relative. You must not see me as, you may be my relative, fine. But you must see me as your pastor so that you can receive. Now if you see me as someone who is coming to speak into your life from God, Look, your heart will be open. Your spirit will be receptive. Your antennas will be up, ready to receive whatever God is saying to you. So it's very, very, very important. Otherwise, you gradually change. Jesus was the son of God. But some people said, is it not Joseph's son? Is it not Mary's son? Is it not the carpenter? Is it not this? Is it not that? But some people in the private, even though they were close to Jesus, they said, you, 
you are Christ. We can see that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. So very, very important for you to see the person as it. And the title does not matter. If you call me Bishop, I would even prefer that you call me Brother Doug. In fact, I've been telling the pastor that they should, they should call me Brother Doug. If you see me, just go Brother Doug. I prefer that. It's not the title that matters. It's not the title that matters. It is how you see the person and how you receive the person. Yeah, because you can call the person Mr. President, Your Excellency, and in your heart, you are saying you, <laughs> you, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. You may salute to him, but you don't know what you are saying. I always, I, I read a book by this man, Kojo Yanka. You know Kojo Yanka? Is it Kojo Yanka? A book as a, uh, a story of uh, uh, Flight Lieutenant J.J. Rollins or something like that. And in the book, I saw a picture a few days before the coup in 1979. Uh, the, uh, the flight lieutenant Rollins was giving a, uh, uh, he was leading General Akufu, the head of state, on an inspection of some guards. And he was walking like that. He didn't know what he was thinking about the man behind him. You, you don't know what is going to happen to you. Just a few more days. Oh, yeah? You'll get, get a copy of it. You can get it at Legon. It's a, it's a book in the bookshops. It's a positive book. But when I look at that picture, I say, wow. You, you see, you see, you see. I'll kill you, you don't know. You have two more days. You don't know what's going to happen to you. So I'm saying that you can say somebody salute, do nice things, pretend, say pastor, bishop, archbishop, pope, but really and genuinely, you, you don't love the person, you don't relate to the person as you ought to, in your heart. So I'm talking about a heart thing today. I'm speaking to your heart. Amen. Amen. The next one, obey him. How many do you have there? Obey. Obey. Now, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Why, why should we obey? One of the places where we, we find very difficult to run, I mean, one of the places where it's difficult, the ministry is more difficult to operate, is a country like Switzerland. Because in Switzerland, their respect for authority is very different. And the way they see, it's the only country I know of where the president goes to work on a bicycle. He doesn't have any security guards. He doesn't have any, he just sits on a bicycle and he goes to work. He's nobody. He's just, a, a normal, he's a, I'm just like you. He sits on a tram, he goes to work. He's just, he's a classmate, he's a mate, he's an ordinary person. And so in Switzerland, you find that when sometimes you are even trying to preach, the, the Swiss people is like authority, obey, obey what? Obey who? And that is a spirit that cannot work in the church. Now listen to this. Obedience. Hebrews 13 verse 18. It says, uh, verse 17, sorry. Obey them that have, that have what? The rule over you. And submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you amen now right here the bible is saying obey 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 now obedience is different from consider what he is saying to you is different from saying, uh, receive the word that he is preaching to you. It's different from saying, grow up in the word of God that your pastor is preaching. It means obey means obey. What does obey mean? Huh? It means to do it. What else does obey mean? Cynthia, what does obey mean? Pardon? Listen and do it. Listen and do it. And what else does it mean? Comply. 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 
begin to take notes. What else? Yield to it. Yield, yes. Bend. 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 Obey means to bend. It means to yield. It means to comply. Uh, Pastor Eddie, what else? It seems you are the English maestro today. Submit. Submit. Yes? Give in to it. Give in to it. What else? Surrender. Succumb. Succumb. Yeah? (laughs) If you don't understand, you just take it like that. (laughs) What else? Surrender. Yes, Romeo. Do without complaining. Yeah. Obey is obey. Obey, I cannot, I cannot change it and say, the Bible said, listen to those who have authority. I don't know. It didn't say listen to those who have authority. Over it. it said obey them. Right. Obey them. Right. Obey them. Obey them. And some people wouldn't like to hear those words. And because you have a rebellious spirit in you. And some will say, oh, we shall obey. But they will obey. Some will say we shall obey. But God is saying to the church, obey. Look. I will not come to your house and tell you, uh, arrange your chair here. Uh, move, move the furniture. Uh, no, your front door should move to uh, this side. Uh, your kitchen is very dirty. Uh, clear this. No, that's not what we are talking. That is foolishness. We are talking about the spiritual instructions which come from the pastor. I may stand here and I'll say, we are going to do ABC. We are going to have a crusade. Everybody should come to the crusade. What did the Bible say? What did the Bible say? How many will obey from today? Uh, uh, Are you sure? (laughs) I will say everybody, we are going to win a soul and bring somebody to church on Sunday. And those who are, oh, we shall do it. Moses said, I know that even whilst I'm alive with you, you are not obeying me. How much more when I'm dead and gone? When you are in church, when you tell people, those standing outside, come inside. Those outside, nobody should sit here. They wouldn't obey. How much more when you are not with them in their houses? Listen to me, church of God. If, you, if God gives a shepherd and the shepherd is moving this way because God has given him wisdom and God has told him, move north because in the north over there, you are going to have more pasture, more green fields for the sheep. And he starts moving. In today's modern sheep will start arguing. I said, Look, uh, uh, Mr. Shepherd, excuse me, we want to have a discussion with you. Uh, will you come around? Sheep, oh, sheep, they are calling the shepherd for a discussion. Uh, we, we have formed a committee and we feel that you should turn right and not go straight at all. In fact, we are happy with uh, everything as it is. And uh, these changes you are introducing, they are, they are, not, they are not conducive to uh, uh, progress. Uh, after all, it's a democratic rule. God is telling us to obey. Obey your spiritual leaders. If we say to you, let's come for a prayer meeting for an all night. I have introduced all night on Fridays. I have introduced all night on Fridays. And we don't have all night all the time. And I say, come and pray. Just a Friday. How many of you were here on Friday? How many of you were not here? Oh, please raise your hand as confidently as those who raised their hand at first. Yeah, most of you were not here. Because, of course, it doesn't mean anything to you. Between 10.30 on Friday night and 3 a.m., where were you? (sighs) Doing nothing, sleeping. And your shepherd rises up and he says, come and pray. What do you want me to tell you? You want me to give you some spiritual revelation? I'm telling you, the Bible says, obey. Obey them that have the rule of it. Why? Because they are watching for your very souls as people who will stand and give account. I am going to give account for you if you don't know. I really get worried about that day. That is, yeah, that's why I form branches and have shepherds. And I, because when they call me, I'll just mention the other pastor's name. And say, no. <laughs> if, if, if they call, come and ask me about somebody at Abekan or somebody, I say, look, we have Abekan pastor at the Fabian. He's there. You can go in there. Oh, yeah, I, I've told them and I'm saying it now. When they call me and they ask me, I'll just be mentioning your name. So in case they don't know, they should find you and uh, discuss with you. When I stand there, I know that I'm going to give account for your soul. And I know that you need to pray. 
On Friday, I had a prayer, prayer meeting and I said some very important things which I'm not going to say here. And I told them that those of you who are here, you are here to hear this because it's very important for your life. And I will not say this in the main church. Obey them. Obey them. Many years ago, I belonged to a group called Calvary Road Incorporated. And one day, they announced some people were going for, to Nigeria on an expedition. And they were going to sing there, record an album, and come back. And they said, those of us who remain, when I stayed behind, the one who was leading us said, we are going to fast for seven days. From Monday to Sunday, or Monday to Friday, one of that. And I had never fasted before. And he said, we are going to fast. And I just obeyed. That was the first time I fasted. And that, those days of fasting changed my life. At the end of that period, I had a vision. And I saw the Lord appearing to me in a, in a different way. If I had decided to argue that five days fasting, I mean, how? How? Learn to obey. You see, when I say something, maybe I have seen something that you haven't seen. Did you know that? Did you know that maybe I've seen something? You know that there are things I know that you don't know. That sometimes I can't say. Did you know that? Jesus said, I have a lot of things to say. I, I, I cannot receive them. Perhaps there is something that I want you even to pray about. Or there is something I know you are going to need in your life. That is why I would say, join a chapel. Join a ministry. Make sure that one of the pastors here knows you as his sheep. You don't know. You haven't seen everything. Look, I have people who preached with me. Who today don't go to church. They are totally backslidden. I have people like that. Not people who were far away who I was ministering. People who I preached with. When I preach, they, when they preach, I preach. And today they don't go, they don't believe, almost don't believe in God. Sometimes I see some of these people and I talk to them. I say, brother, what is happening to you? I have seen some things you haven't seen. I am your shepherd. You are a sheep. As far as the spiritual relationship is concerned, you are nothing but a sheep and I am a shepherd. You are nothing but a sheep. Hear me and hear me well. As far as our spiritual relationship is concerned, you are nothing but a sheep spiritually. And I am the shepherd of this church. And so what I see, I see. And when I say, hear and hear well, I'm not talking about foolishness. When the pastors will come and say, go and bring all the money in your house. Come and, but have you seen me doing something like that here before? Come on. I'm talking about hearing when the pastor speaks. They say, let's do this now. We are doing this now. Let's move. Do it. Obey. Because if you read the book of Revelations, you will see. Write unto the angel or the messenger or the pastor of the church and tell him this, 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 this and that. God speaks to his pastor differently from he speaks to the sheep. He wrote a letter and said that you are this, you are that. Do this. Repent. So the pastor, when he stands up in the morning to minister, he has heard from God. God has said this, 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 this. So when he says, let's move this way, he has heard God saying, prepare, strengthen yourself for tribulation is about to come. I was one time driving through a safari in South Africa and then I saw a group of antelopes. Then I moved on, I saw zebras and so on. When we were coming out, the man who was driving us had a radio message. He said that there's a lion at another place. So that we were looking for a lion. We wanted to see a lion. But that's why we had come. We had come to see lions and big animals like that. Not just antelopes. So the man turned around the car quickly. Going around to take us to see a lion. When we got there, there was no lion there. We couldn't see the lion. So we were disappointed and we were going. We were getting to the end. As we were going, but the man said that there's a lion around the area. As we were going, I saw an antelope. An antelope. <laughs> It was just alone, one man, just around there. And as we were going, I said, ah, this antelope doesn't know what is coming for it. It does not know that there is a lion around. We have had a radio message that there is a lion around. But the antelope doesn't, and it's moving alone too. When people are together, you are alone. As we were going, I don't know whether that was the last day for that antelope in, the, in, the, in that, in that uh, park. Because when you see the lions coming, they, they come for those who are alone, those who are weak. Lions are very lazy. They sleep for 20 hours a, a day and they work for four hours. Just killing, eating, and sleeping. You are sheep. The devil is going around like a roaring lion looking for you. The 
don't you know that you are easy prey for the devil when you are alone? When everybody is somewhere and you are alone out there, do your own thing. Obey. When we say pray, it means pray. It doesn't mean think about what the pastor is saying. I'm not an actor. Do you look? Do I look like Osofo Dazi? Do I look like Super Odi? The things I'm saying are real things. I'm not acting a play. I'm not pretending. I am telling you what God is saying. When I say pray, it means pray. When I say miracle service, it means miracle service. When I say join a chapel, it means join a chapel. The Bible says that the days, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. I have seen people who are called, who today are out there. I have them. I can mention their names. One, two, three. I have, I have a worship leader. I always remember as he used to stand and stamp his feet and sing that, that Jesus died on the cross, on the cross, on the cross to redeem. Jesus died on the cross. He could charge up the whole place and lead the whole place in worship. Today, he doesn't even duck in the doorway of a church. Falling away. I have worship leaders, pastors, leaders. And you are my sheep. And I say, let's go. And you stand there debating and form a committee and go group. I say, don't you think the meetings are too many now? God should help us. Learn how to relate with your pastor. Because after a while, when he says something, it's like air blowing. It's like water on a duck's back. Have you ever wondered why ducks don't drown? And the water can never enter them. They can talk and talk and talk and talk. It will not enter. Obey them. One day, I will stand before Christ. And they will mention all your names. Araba Lucy. James Bond. Tulim Jali. Osako Kroko. They will be mentioning the names. And I will be there to account. I pray that I will not do it with grief. I pray that I will say, <laughs> James Bond. Ah, James what they mention your name no don't laugh it's not funny it's not funny it's not funny one day I went to visit a brother with whom I was preaching and witnessing powerful brother when I got to his house he said I knew you would come sit down sit down I knew you would come and we sat down then he gave me his albums to look at to see his girlfriends lying all over him. Then he took out a cigarette. He said, I want to smoke so that you see that I'm smoking. Then when he gave me his album, he said, I want you to see what I'm doing. Then he said, I know the scripture you are going to quote. Oh yeah, he told me. Because I used to go visiting with him. He was my closest friend. Closest. I used to visit with him, do things. Oh man, please. So when I say something... I am seeing things and I'm talking for your life. I'm not after your money. You know that I'm not after your money. I'm after your soul. I'm looking after your soul. That's my job. Your job, you are an accountant. You are a messenger. You are a clerk. I'm a pastor. Relate with me in the right way and I'll relate with you in the right way. And you'll be blessed and we'll all make it. Stand to your feet. All right. All right. I prefer that you actually obey rather than clap. Tell the person next to you, obey. As a person, are you obeying? All right. Lift your hands to the Lord. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. We lift our voices. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. As our voices sing, you are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, you are worthy. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. Come on, sing it again. Lifting every hand to the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, we worship and we praise. Your name as 
nossa voz é sem You are worthy, Lord, you are worthy Jesus, we worship and we praise your name Sing it again for the last time Jesus, we worship and we praise your name Jesus, we worship and we praise your name We lift our voices Lift your hands and ask the Lord for the ability to obey and to relate with your pastor in the right way that God will through Jesus, his chief shepherd, and through all the under shepherds and other pastors and leaders that God gives you, he will raise you up to be the person that you are supposed to be in this life. Father, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Merobalaba baranala mamande. Madosa babaradusi baranale beshimbe kemere kebere marablo de visinele. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word this morning. Thank you for taking us to a higher plane. We shall obey and we shall do what we are supposed to do in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed this morning if you are here and you don't know jesus as your personal savior perhaps you are not born again the bible says except a man is born again he can never go to the kingdom of heaven if you are here like that this morning and you don't know whether if you die today or tomorrow whether you go to heaven or hell you want to say pastor pray with me i want to give my life to god i want to give my life to jesus i want to be born again if you are here like that, lift up your right hand. I'm going to pray with you before we close. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be born again. Thank you. Lift it up high. I see all your hands. I see your hand at the back, upstairs, wherever you are. Lift it up high so I can see. Thank you. Pastor, pray with me. I don't know if I die tomorrow, my funeral is next week. Will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? If you are not sure, you need me to help you to know Jesus this morning. God bless you. Lift it up high all over. God bless you. All those who have lifted your hands, I want you to come to me in the front here and I'm going to pray with you as we close. Come, come from wherever you are standing. Come from wherever you are standing. You lifted up your hands. Come, come. Come, come from upstairs. Come from the back. Come to Jesus this morning. You must be born again. God bless you. I saw some brothers who lifted their hands over there. Come. My brother over there in the glasses. Come. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Coming from upstairs quickly. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Though millions have come, there's still room. There is still room. There's still room for you. Yes, there is room at the cross for you. All right, my brother, join us quickly. Let's pray. Shall we all bow down our heads and pray? Say this prayer. God bless you. Say this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I humble myself and I receive Jesus as my personal Savior. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. I realize that I don't know you. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I don't know you. But today, I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day.
and remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.